This is The Immigrant View, a podcast for immigrants by immigrants. Welcome to the show. The Immigrant View is brought to you by ImmigrantNetworks.com. Hello, everyone. Good day to you. and Welcome to The Immigrant View. It's a great pleasure being here with you. My name is Aya Owaduni. I'm really excited about today's conversation and our guest today. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, some key areas, uh, you know, community involvements, the importance of communication uh, and language, and also like integration as an immigrant as well. So who is our guest today? Our guest was among the top 25 immigrants in Canada back in 2013. Um, this is an award uh, that's put together by uh, Canadian Immigration Magazine and RBC Royal Bank. Uh, he's also uh, a current resident of Halifax, a province of Nova Scotia. Uh, he's a native of Egypt, so he's a brother Africa. You know, now, I know, by the way, uh, Egypt is always so, yeah, we're part of the Middle East, but we claim you, Rainy. We claim you. You're one of us in Africa. <laughs> we, we claim Africa. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, he was appointed by Nova Scotia Executive Council on the Board of Governance of uh, Cape Breton University as well. He studied at the University of New Brunswick, and he is currently the Director of Economic Development and Trade uh, for the Governments of Nova Scotia which is pretty cool. Uh, he used to be years ago. Now we're talking, well, this is 10 years before this, uh, Marketing Manager Office of Immigration. So I'm, I'm really excited because he's going to be giving us a perspective uh, from his end. Uh, he's also, you know, with his role and the role that he's played before, we're going to get some diverse perspectives here on, on uh, some of the topics that we're going to be talking about. So we have Rainy Ibrahim with us today. It's a pleasure having you, Rainy. Thank you very much. Pleasure, pleasure and honor to be there. Thank, thank you so much. Uh, thanks for, uh, by the way, I didn't send, send Rainy the Zoom link to like seven minutes before the podcast. You, you all know how I am, lastminute.com. But uh, thanks for being patient and logging on with a smile on your face and not going, what are you doing? But uh, I do appreciate that. So we wanted to have a conversation today. When I first met with Rainy and we were just getting to know one another, uh, I was like, you know, what do you want to talk about? What would you like immigrants to learn from? And we talked about community involvement, communication, and stages of integration as an immigrant. I want to hear your story first. Tell us your story, your move to Canada. What was that like? And then what were what are the stages of immigration, uh, the stages of integration, excuse me, that an immigrant goes through? Perhaps you also went through those stages as well yourself. No, it's, it's, it's uh, thank you. And it's great. Uh, it was coincidence uh, that uh, led me to coming to Canada before even coming to Canada, I did not even consider it or think about immigration in general. Uh, but back home country in Egypt, I saw a scholarship at uh, university in Canada, and I, I, I uh, and I applied for it, and um, I, I, I was successful in, in getting the scholarship, and that uh, I came initially to study, and then I fell in love with the country. And uh, one thing led to another: finished my education, moved to another uh, degree, and graduate degree and and then I the more I spend time in Canada and the more I get pulled into 
activities outside campus community and the community itself, uh, the more I, uh, I get integrated and I get uh, entangled with and, and I get uh, lots of interest areas uh, and uh, decided that I want to stay permanently. I want to apply for immigration. I want to stay on a, you know, join the pack and become a Canadian. So I, I followed through and so I became from temporary, uh, from a student to a temporary uh, foreign worker to permanent wow. resident, and then uh, a citizen, proud citizen right now. Wow. So you went through all those stages. You, you actually started out as a student, which is, which is wonderful. So you went through all of that. So walk us through integration that takes place uh, with immigrants. I usually think of it in um, three stages, but interested in learning, what is that like? And then maybe your advice for immigrants as they go through each stage, how do you survive and move from one stage to the next one? Well, the, the, the first thing is understanding what you, your new environment and your new, uh, new rules of engagement, your surroundings mm -hmm. uh, and, and asking yourself a question is this something for me is this something i can adapt to is this something that you know i like to you know uh, contribute to and how i can do that and allowing yourself uh, uh, have an open mind and and, and uh, taking chances and uh, not to be shy about asking and not to be shy about uh, extending your hand because uh, some of the things that i i often hear about like uh, if you're being reserved or, or worried or uh, feel of rejection or feeling you know embarrassment that's some some of the things that might pull people away from uh integration like mm -hmm. it can be as simple as you know the, the how thick or, or or easy your accent or your english level competency might make you worried about uh you know others might uh, understand or understand you clearly and how you integrate so for me it, it was a i started from the university like from from, from studying and uh having friends, friendships from people from around the world, international students, but also I made a point to go out my way to, to be friends with Canadian students or local students, and also to look for opportunities outside the campus community to, in the community itself, to, to learn about, I don't I didn't want to be in this uh, uh, shell Mm -hmm. uh, that you know that uh, outside that what's happening uh, you know in the community itself to uh, understanding what's happening and how we can contribute and how you can uh, integrate that was one of the key things that uh, I really mm -hmm. had early interest on and down the road it contributed and helped quite a bit significantly actually in my transition from being a foreign student to being a Canadian right now. Mm -hmm. I like that I think that is so powerful I remember when my wife and I first came, we were members of a church and, uh, you know, they have these small groups. And one of the groups that we ended up joining had a lot, you know, it was 99.9% .9 Nigerians in the small group. And uh, we got to the point where we just said, you know what, we need to get out of the group, not because we don't love each member, we do, but we needed to step out of our comfort zone. Like, let's not leave Nigeria and come back to mini Nigeria. No, let's mingle and get to know other people and learn other cultures and understand and build those other relationships. So we forced ourselves out of that. It wasn't easy, but I really think just like you said, it really, really helped us uh, long-term uh, as, as well. The, the immediate was hard, <laughs> but 
you know, you get to meetings and you have to eat new snacks that you've never heard of, or we like our spices. And then, you know, we have all these get togethers and you're like, what is this? (laughs) But that's the same snack you get to see at the office. So that was the place that really helped us with those things. And that's actually a a conversation starter because you can bring your own snacks to, you know, uh, a gathering that might, you know, first time for them to taste it. And some might like it, some might not, but it's, 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 it's a icebreaker. Exactly. I remember we would bring like fried plantains and people would be like, what is this? And we're like, it's plantains. And they're like, wow, what do you put in it? You cut it and you fry it. We don't put anything in it. But it's something that simple. But people, it's like, wow, where do you buy it? At the store. Really? (laughs) What store? The regular store. But it's just amazing how we were also, as they're asking us those questions that we're wondering, what are these people talking about? We're asking the same questions when we eat part of their dishes. And they're looking at us like, what are you talking about? This is something so simple. So that is so powerful. Thank thank you for for sharing that. When I was, uh, I worked a few years ago as a recruiter for an organization, uh, HR business partner, which included recruiting. And one of the key criteria I was asked to look out for was communication in managers. Can you talk to us about the importance of language competency and communication as an immigrant? Why is that so important? It's very important because it's, it's uh, the ABCs, it's the basics. Uh, if you're not able to communicate or communicate clearly, uh, your expect, you won't be able to, to, to get your expectation or your point across. I won't be able to seek the right information or, or get to the right, uh, connected to the right resources. Uh, and and uh, it, it, takes, it takes time, like understandably, uh, depends of course, uh, your level of uh, if English or French before coming to Canada, uh, two official languages. Uh, it, uh, it, 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 it can take the transition between the, 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 the official uh, textbook language and the street language, or like, you know, the subtle uh, subtleties in the language mm-hmm. expressions that mm-hmm. you may or may not understand right away. And actually that was the most difficult for me uh, coming here, although I came on a university level uh, English, but mm-hmm. uh, it, t- it took quite a bit of time actually for me to understand the, the, the sayings or the expressions and the context. Mm. Sometimes you put certain words or certain expressions in certain context, doesn't make any sense to you, but it makes perfect sense for, for, for people in the community. So uh, these are, are some of the key things that um, there's lots of investment in, in time and energy and also being an open mind and not shy. Uh, again, it's like, you know, being willing to do mistakes because you'll do mistakes. You'll sound funny sometimes. You'll say the words. Uh, like I still to date, like I don't know, o- almost over twenty years, I still uh, I have some accent. Uh, occasionally, might be uh, thicker or thinner. It depends on the day and the time of the day as well. And uh, some I'm learning a new word every day. So also not to be shy about like you know, you may never be fully fluent as local born, but uh, guess what? Like you know, it's it's a daily thing and. There is no shame or shy about, like, you know, keep learning and keep improving mm. language skills. Mm. But it is very important, however. So what can people do to improve their 
Canadian accent or Canadian language skills, uh, as as we would as we would say. I I won't I won't go as far as you have to have a Canadian accent because it's actually there is uh, some I would argue there is uh, uh, that the flavor of and the accents that we have that's what make Canada interesting and make it make it unique and make make uh, adding spices to the Canadian mix if we're looking at it as a metaphor uh, cooking metaphor so it's it's uh, I think it's not necessarily losing our accent as much as having clarity in our communication. And uh, choosing the right words or putting the words in the right context, but mm -hmm. the accent itself, some some is like you know, I like your accent. Where are you from? It's even sometimes it's a it's a conversation starter. We will sometimes take guesses. Uh, mm -hmm. Let me guess, you're from this country or you're from that country. So um, yeah, like not, not to worry too much about the accent as much as the content itself and 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 and, and right, you know, the vocabulary and using the right words and understanding the context for it. Mm -hmm. Okay, I like that. Very interesting. Very interesting. Please, for, for listeners, I, I would say that um, when 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 I was doing that recruiting role for managers, communication was one of the key things that I was asked for. So when I had to do my report, it was literally: is this person competent to do the role? Does this person have the communication skills? Not does the person sound like an like a Canadian, but more so, um, can this person communicate to the next person so that they can share what they need, what they want, the vision, what we are looking to do, like that type of communication. Um, but then let me lean in and say this and whisper it, Rainy. <laughs> it right. probably also means like, does this, can people understand this person? So what Rainy is saying about the importance of just working on that uh, Canadian accent. I, I, I don't want to say because I, I feel like people don't like hearing it, but it's so true. If if you want to move, you got you you, you got to be able to work on that and develop it. While we're looking to accept everyone, please develop those areas. What are your thoughts on what what I'm sharing so far? I, I always hesitate to share that with people, but I feel like it's so important for people to know it. Well, Canadian accent actually is accents. I mean, I, I, you can. Uh, I live in the East Coast in Nova Scotia, and uh, some might you know, uh, notice uh, Nova Scotians have different accent or slang from Newfoundlanders, for example. Like you know, in contrast, okay. maybe with uh, people from uh, other provinces in BC or Ontario, or so even among Canada, there are different accents where where uh, you know local-born Canadians are from. So, uh, but certainly, I mean, you'll adapt some of the, some words you'll say it in a Canadian way, not the American way or British way, perhaps. Right. Uh, but in terms of the, uh, to your point about the communication, it is very important piece for immigrants integration because uh, you will need this skill to do an interview for a job, to have an access to a resource, or if you're proceeding or going for um, a, a degree or education, further your education. So it is important skill that uh, you need to uh, keep improving on. Uh, as, I, as I noticed uh, myself, I uh, keep, keep, keep working on myself and uh, it's work in progress. I'm not saying that uh, I accomplished what I came for and certainly uh, like I'm looking for, for, for more. 
Uh, and that's some of uh, most immigrants actually that the fact that you did the, the immigration journey or uh, you're a newcomer that's a big step take courage mm -hmm. uh, you left uh, your entire where your entire environment perhaps your entire language culture and a whole new world so um even if you're introvert or extrovert you still uh by far you have this kind of uh instinct and skill set and powers within you that you can do lots of changes because you have a, 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 a new start. If you're capable of doing a new start, you can do lots of new things. Mm -hmm. I like that. What would you say has been the secret to your success? I mean, you're a director now at a director level um, in a city. You've done quite well for yourself. You know, PhD. I should be calling you Dr. Rainey. I, I mean... <laughs> but what, what would you say has been like the, the, the secret to your success through through your career path? Uh, I think it's, 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 it's uh, I was fortunate that I, uh, um, I kept trying, like when I heard no, or I heard like, you know, when, when some opportunities did not uh, uh, actualize right away, I was mm -hmm. patient, I kept trying, I, uh, uh, so I think the word perseverance would would, would kind of uh, inspiring for me that you know this is the attitude that you have to have an open mind, be flexible, adaptable, uh, uh, you know, handle rejection very well. Like you know, reorganize, take it back, reorganize, try again, and sometimes even something opportunity or or or, or something you wanted not necessarily uh, you did not land on, but something better opened up for you you did not anticipate so mm. and and that's uh, uh, through my journey i noticed that uh from a couple of opportunities and and uh, and, and things happened in my life that shifted my direction and uh, it was actually better than if i planned it myself mm. so mm. and just going with the flow as well and uh, trying to look at the half full and that's what keep, keep you going and mm -hmm. doing smaller wins because that's uh, good for your uh, spirit, uh, keep you going, and then you build on it. Small win after small win, accumulate into a big win, and uh, keep nipping at it. And that's something that uh, I hear from many newcomers and immigrants and frustration about, like, you know, I've been here three months or four months or six months, nothing happened. Mm -hmm. uh, I recall, like, you know, just to get my first interview for uh, an opportunity, I had to put like 200. CVs, <laughs> applications in just to get my first. And of course, you have Canadian experiences. Like at that time, I didn't. So getting your foot in the door can be hard and challenging and need patience, but also it it works out. It pays off. It just mm -hmm. needs that you keep keep trying and don't lose uh, faith. And that's what uh, I think what kept me going and that uh, the fuel and energy uh, that uh, uh, I have to date and that's advice I always give to others that, you know, uh, don't let this uh, uh, bring you down. Just keep trying. I like that. I like the, uh, so the importance of resilience. I, I like that. And it seems like the number seems to be 200. I keep hearing that, you know, uh, I got to 200. <laughs> <but I> got... <laughs> so for, for, for the listeners, if the number is 200, then if you only do five job applications a day, 
it's going to take you 40 days to get to 200. So you're looking at two months. If you do 10 a day, it will take you 20. If you do 50 a day, then let's see, let's see how quickly it is. But if the threshold is 200, that's the number, because I keep hearing that from people, 100 to 200. How do you get to 200 quickly so that you can get those interviews coming in as quickly as possible as well? But You're going to say something? The numbers alone as well, it's about the quality, of course, of the application and... Uh... And ultimately, sometimes you'll be in the right place in the right time and, you know, doing the right, saying the right things or, or doing the right uh, move. But um, integrate the community involvement can open quite a few doors for you as well. Because if you're volunteering or involved in the community, you will know about opportunities, perhaps, or you get endorsement for opportunities that you may not have if you're just uh, applying Plane from from uh, online from don't have any uh, engagement or don't know any anything about this organization or you don't know anyone work for this organization so these these are some of the things that often help and that's what community involvement also can help you is is uh, your networking capabilities and expanding your horizon either uh, awareness about opportunities or endorsement for opportunities I like that so. How do you find the right uh, place to volunteer? Uh, you're talking about community involvement. Where do you spend your time and energy? I have been part of associations that I felt like was a waste of my time, where there were more internal bickerings and it's not going anywhere. And then you've, I've also been part of organizations where before I even joined, there was an orientation process. There's a training process. There's a, like, it was so detailed. And by the time I got in, you know, you're using Robert's rule of order in the meeting and the quality of people there were, you know, top notch. How do you go from one to, how do you find the right one that works for you as an individual? It starts from the interest. And uh, like, you know, you're interested in, in particular the thing from, from, from home, from, from before coming to Canada, you know, uh, uh, if it's about uh, community oriented, about like, you know, if it's a food bank, if it's, uh, uh, you know, human rights, if it's uh, uh, poverty, whatever topic that uh, close to your heart and you are passionate about, and there is, and, and you can start from there and see what organizations in your local community or nationally have chapters, whatever your living city or town you are. And you can start to uh, reach out to them and engage. And usually they have always uh, open call for volunteers uh, mm -hmm. year round. Another thing would be often uh, either the public libraries or uh, if it's uh, religious groups or, uh, or, or uh, some, some NGOs that uh, have this, uh, uh, public uh, call for support or either around specific events or around as well that you can get engaged and you start from just on the ground uh, you know uh, volunteering for at specific events to all the way to being uh, involved in the board of directors or, 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 or even as a staff or volunteer staff to do something for uh, as a bookkeeping perhaps or something similar so there's different ways you can volunteer and depends on how much time uh, you can allocate to this as well and then proximity to your home or the resources might be needed, but it's always fulfilling and always it pays off, maybe not perhaps monetarily, but in terms of how you feel about yourself, how you feel about your contribution 
and how the appreciation that you get in return from and how people often grateful for your contribution and you see the impact that you're doing. And again, it's uh, like indirectly, it opened lots of doors for you as well. When people observe you doing this in a community, uh, certainly people uh, take this to note and whenever there's opportunity to help you or support you professionally, they will. I love that. I love that. Thank you. Thank you. Um, thank you very much for, for sharing your thoughts uh, around that. Dr. Rainey, it's been a pleasure. I, I feel like I, I was able to gain some really good perspectives from you, the importance of communication, the power of resilience, and getting involved in the community, the, the importance of doing that, finding your place, finding your areas of interest, getting involved in, uh, oh yeah, something just popped in my mind. I wanted to also share in line with what you're, you're saying. In line with your, your, your thoughts, um, one thing that I would uh, love to point out for people is around, I, I actually had, you know, I'd volunteered with someone in a non-for-profit, they didn't have the Canadian experience and they put me down for um, a reference. So a non-for-profit where you volunteer could be a place where you find people that could be a reference, especially when you don't know someone in Canada. During the conversation with the organization, one of the questions they asked is, which projects have you worked on together? And can you let me know about the person, you know, how were they doing that project? So please keep in mind dear listener, if you ask for someone from a non-for-profit or where you're volunteering to be a reference for you, there's a likelihood they're gonna ask that question. So you better be a part of some projects with that person so they can answer. And it was easy for me to answer for that person because we worked on a project together. Uh, but if you're not, then the person has nothing to say and it's, it doesn't even count as a reference at that point anymore. Uh, they will continue with the questioning, but it doesn't count as a question anymore. Dr. Rennie, thank you so much for being a part of the conversation. I really do appreciate your insights, your thoughts. How can people reach you if they want to just reach out to ask any questions or comments in reference to some of the things that you shared today? Uh, they can send me a, a note on, on LinkedIn or, or, or through Twitter, or I can certainly, I can share my email as well with you, with you and with the, with the podcast if uh, they like to email me directly. Okay. Okay. Fantastic. And what is your name on LinkedIn? It's uh, Rani R-A-N-Y Ibrahim, I-B-R-A-H-I-M. Okay. Rani Ibrahim. And you were saying you, you want to share the, your email with them or no? Which uh, yeah, yeah, I can share. Uh, yeah, it's uh, ronnyadel.ca. Okay, fantastic. Thank you so much for your time. I really do appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you and have a good day. It's a privilege. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Why don't you do us a favor and share this podcast with a friend or colleague? The Immigrant View is brought to you by ImmigrantsNetworks.com. Hi, I'm Nick Narani, founder and CEO of Immigrant Networks. Listen, if you're an immigrant or an international student looking to find a job and expand your network in Canada, Immigrant Networks is for you. Immigrant Networks, we say networking to get working. It is a community built by immigrants just like you to help you overcome one of the biggest challenges that immigrants have when they come here, and that is finding and retaining a job. Visit our website today and get matched within days with someone from your profession and learn and grow. Immigrant Networks, networking to get working. Music provided 
by bensound.com.